Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. I am at the Guardia Airport, Drew, uh, as you can hear. Uh, my flight is delayed to Indianapolis to the Combine. Uh, we've been able to put men on the moon, but apparently we can't put fog lights uh, on planes, uh, given that the fog in New York City uh, has set me back. Um, but we will push on. We're going to talk about the NFL draft today, um, which is pertinent, given I'm headed out to the Combine. And then uh, we'll talk about some next team markets as well, which are usually pretty beatable. But uh, in terms of the NFL draft, very weird betting event. Uh, I will give some background in terms of kind of the process and how it works at books. But do you want to talk a little bit about how just betting the draft has changed over the years? Yeah. uh, Well, we had – it's always been a niche kind of unique, different way to bet. Right. This is an information based marketplace, which means that you don't have as much. Uh, well, no, this is what fair ought to be. Uh, once things become known, um, you know, prices will only move one way. Uh, there are less opportunities to shoot for a middle or try to kind of take advantage of equity that you've built up by taking a position early and then the market moving with you because there's no reason to do that. Uh, when the news gets out and things are kind of known, you know, known quantities and, and known outcomes, then, uh, you know, there's there's no coming back price wise, uh, which makes it kind of unique because for the most part, you're maybe at the beginning of the process looking for some long shot prices when staking is difficult uh, and you're just like, well, this is not as certain as the market thinks. And then later on in the cycle, you're very, very more than willing to jump into, um, you know, uh, what is high likelihood that is priced as probably going to happen. So like day of draft, you're just firing to minus 600, minus 800. That should be minus 6,000, minus 8,000. And so it's a a very weird and and, uh, kind of unique experience as a better. And I think ultimately, um, you know, the the marketplace is getting sharper. They're starting to, you know, they've, you know, what the offerings have kind of gone up and down uh, in terms of, you know, 
how you know how many options they're going to give you to bet on these sort of things, how much uh, liquidity they're really willing to try to you know accumulate on these things, um, and uh, diff- different books will offer different things for different stakes, and so you, you know you really and there's no odd screen. So you really, really got to shop around. You got to check prices. You got to look multiple places. You got to keep an eye on, uh, you know, what you would define as your market making books, which are taking the biggest limits uh, and how those places are moving. Uh, you got to check exchanges. Uh, you got to check uh, basically everything uh, to get information on what the market actually looks like, which makes it fun for me. Uh, certainly, I, I enjoy that part of the process. Uh, and then you know, simply just combing through beat reporters, uh, uh, information and news uh, that they are kind of either saying on podcasts or writing in columns or tweeting, uh, you know, that stuff has a huge, huge, huge ability to move move markets in, uh, you know, significant um, magnitude. Um, just today, you're, you're seeing and hearing a lot of quotes from Ryan Poles, the Bears, obviously, you know, we're going to get more into the Bears uh, and, you know, how they influence this year's draft in particular a lot. Um, but uh, whenever he's on the podium speaking, like, these numbers are going to move because he's going to say things that can be interpreted as clues uh, that people are going to run with one way or the other about what that team is going to do. And then that's going to trickle into the second choice. That's going to trickle into third choice, et cetera. So um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun game. It's totally different than trying to come up with fairs for the NBA where it's literally just do, 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 <laughs> execute okay that's what the price should be let's go find my you know let's go look at the market see what it's giving us like like this is uh, just a totally different game and for those reasons it's a little bit more fun in my opinion yeah it definitely is an information game uh whoever has best best access to the best information um that is where the edge comes from say a couple of things more inside baseball one with limits I think limits are getting progressively smaller and smaller on the draft for better or worse. I mean, better at the time, worse now, but like Paolo Bancaro going one, that forever changed the landscape because books got absolutely crushed um, on that. And I think they took a look in the mirror and like, we're not going to get crushed on that again. (laughs) I think um, Trayvon Walker as well, like a lot of people were on that um, Mm -hmm. at an early price. And that is the thing with these markets is that there is no, like they don't represent, particularly now, they don't represent any real sort of truth because limits are so small. Favorites flip all the time. Bryce Young um, and CJ Stroud, they flipped as favorites. Um, Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker, these guys were flipping around. Even towards the end, like I remember betting like two minutes before the draft started, Aiden Hutchinson at minus 110 to go second to Detroit when my understanding is the true price was like minus 10,000. Um, and so there are opportunities like that that uh, that do arise. But what have you found with limits? Yeah, no, the the that part of the equation is uh, is fascinating because for me, at least as a better who's primarily playing offshore, um, you know, I'm I'm really only can bet one place. <laughs> <laughs> and the offerings are very narrow, but they'll take a decent uh, bet and they will move the number once you bet and they'll let you rebet. So you can pretty much get whatever ultimate stake you want, conditional on the fact that the auto mover is going to give you a worse and worse and worse and worse price. Um, it's always fun early in the process just trying to test the what's 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 the what are the auto mover settings on this market right let's hit an 80 to 1 and just see exactly how much that moves and then how does it redistribute and you you know kind of gauging uh, you know raptors testing the fence and uh, in some of those markets is a lot of fun um and uh ultimately uh i think of you know maybe maybe uh you know that being sort of the um 
uh, a bit of the answer key uh, because they will take, you know, a thousand dollars a click um, on day of it goes up. Uh, but on day of, they know as well as you know. <laughs> and so there's a lot less kind of, uh, le- you know, opportunity to to really kind of come in with a hammer on something that's a surprise. But hey, last year it happened. I sat there and I watched the screen for uh, five hours on the day of the draft, trying to get an idea of who was going to go number two, because it was not known. Uh, there were only a couple people who absolutely had the nuts on number two overall last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was such a wash of misinformation and speculation and uh, just uncertainty as to what was going to happen that uh, um, it took until an hour or two before the draft started before, you know, you, you could have gotten CJ Stroud at. What was, what was the number? Three to one plus 350 uh, for $1,000 a click. And you could have just clicked that into oblivion because there were people on the other side betting the other op- option. So they just left it up. Um, and, uh, you know, those th- th- that was a pretty interesting and unique uh, experience considering how it played out. Um, and then, you know, that 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 type of stuff, I think, is still, um, you know, maybe fruitful in terms of really being able to get a decent bet down on, on something that uh, ultimately is a, uh, a decided outcome. Yep. And I'll say having uh, worked at a book and managed risk on NFL drafts on all types of drafts, like this is the, the day one of the NFL draft is about the worst day of the year for a trading team, just because like with everyone thinks it's like March Madness, March Madness kind of takes like, it's all of the concentration on liquidity is on core markets for the most part. Like that's actually pretty easy to manage. Um, from a purely trading perspective, from a tech platform load thing, it's a bit more stressful. But um, with the draft, like you have all this attention, you have all these markets, you don't really know what the truth is. And the other thing too that makes a lot of these markets vulnerable is that, uh, and I can't speak for every book, but not all of the derivative markets are kind of tethered together from a tech platform perspective. So like when, if you change Jason Tatum's points prop from 27 and a half to 28 and a half or whatever, most books now that will just automatically ripple through to his points, rebounds, assist prop, his points plus assist prop, everything, his alternate lines, all of that will just update automatically. NFL draft markets don't work like that because it's an infrastructure that you had to have to build for just purely one, two days of the year. And so it's like, all right, well, is oh, so Tristan Wirfs is now he's the first offensive lineman off the board. Now we have to manually change like 30 different markets that are connected to that outcome. And that just leaves stale prices. I think books are getting to the point now where, I mean, limits have just deteriorated on this stuff. Like, it's all right, well, we don't want to worry about the third offensive lineman taken. So, you know, we will just hard limit max bet $50 stake on that. And that's, that's we're not even going to look at the market. So yeah. I think that has been um, a trend. By the way, I'm looking at a group of uh, Buddhist monks right now as we speak, which I feel like is a bad omen for my sixth man of the year position. Uh, or maybe it's <laughs> oh, good no. um, either way, uh, coming off Malik Monk's uh, worst game in a while, only playing 21 <laughs> minutes. I feel like Chris Duarte is actually um, a big factor in the sixth man of the year race now because he's starting to play minutes in the rotation, uh, potentially yeah. at the expense of Monk. Monk. Um, I was joking with a friend that Chris, Chris Duarte is not... Not the hero Gotham wanted, but he might be the hero Gotham needs. Uh, <laughs> the the hero year market um, to uh, to pave the way for uh, for other lads. Um, anyway, back to the draft. Uh, yeah. Anything for this season that you think is particularly pertinent, and we'll get into um, specific markets. But anything macro level in terms of you know movements off of the combine or pro days yeah. or <clears throat> just anything of that nature. Yeah. Two things macro for this year that I think are important. 
the first is last year, the Houston Texans uh, found their way into the second best quarterback in the draft process by a lot of evaluators. And he changed the franchise forever, <laughs> right? Like everybody now has job security in de- indefinitely in Houston. Uh, and that is a very different uh kind of feeling relative to this time last year when it felt like, man, they could just have a clean sweep here and start over uh, at the, uh, you know, at, at, in the executive in the C-suite and no one would be surprised. Um, so that kind of uh, swing and hit uh, is probably going to induce a lot of other teams that have quarterback question marks to take us take their swing this year like if we can you know it doesn't it doesn't take much of an imagination if you're in that room and you're just like hey man look what happened to the texans for hitting with cj stroud let's go find our cj stroud we don't have the first pick in the draft that's okay we're going to just grind it that much harder and we're going to find our quarterback uh and as you look at the current potential teams who could draft quarterbacks obviously the top three in the draft are all teams that you would identify as likely uh, QB drafters. Then you have, uh, you know, a whole wave in the late uh, top 10 and into the early teens that are also very likely, in my opinion, to be shopping, at least exploring quarterbacks, if not already to, 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 like, to, like on that path of we're just going to evaluate all these guys and take the best guy when he's available. So um, those teams also, you know, kind of positioning themselves higher in the draft with, uh, you know, trade ups, I think is very likely. I don't expect that um, any of the top three are all that likely to trade down, but you never know. Um, The Cardinals certainly are in a position where, you know, Hey, they want wide receiver talent. They could talk themselves into Marvin Harrison jr. As the next Calvin Johnson, surely, but they could also talk themselves into trading down to eight with the Falcons, letting the Falcons take a quarterback at four trading down into the early uh, teens with the Raiders or the Broncos or someone like that. Uh, so to let those teams uh, swing away at a, a quarterback chargers are in the exact same position. Like they're kind of in a, Hey, our pick is for sale. If somebody wants to come up and get uh, one of these quarterbacks who are available. Uh, and so I think, you know, after you get past the top three, you have a lot of opportunity for trade down in the top 10. Uh, and you have a lot of quarterback neediness uh, kind of right in that next tier of teams. Uh, and ultimately, if we see four quarterbacks go in the top 10, I don't think we should be, should be surprised if we three see five quarterbacks go in the top half of the draft. I don't think we should be, we should be surprised considering uh, the teams who have needs for quarterbacks and how much of a smash hit. Uh, CJ Stroud was last year in terms of changing a franchise's direction. So uh, I'm expecting to see a lot of quarterbacks go. Yep. The other kind of side p- plot is a lot of other offensive players. There's elite talent at the wide receiver position, elite talent at offensive uh, offensive line in this year's draft, which means you could see something like 19 or 20 offensive players drafted in the first round, which would be a huge, huge tilt relative to the defensive players. So uh, very intrigued to see what type of uh, number they open for offensive versus, you know, offensive players in round one, for instance. I think that could be kind of tough to price this year, considering how many wide receivers you could see. Uh, and also that could ultimately, like when there's that much talent at the wide receiver position, do a lot of those guys slide into early round two? Very possible. So, you know, I think uh, it's, a uh, you know, th- this is going to be an offensive heavy first round generally, just with the talent uh, and um, with the quarterback likelihood. And uh, that kind of helps start to shape things at the top of the draft in my opinion yep no, that makes sense to me i will say um before we get to the specific markets the last two uh macro points i would make is that if you want to win money betting the draft and there is you know outside of betting offshore and maybe a couple of books that um will take bets 
like you, it's not great for your accounts um, if you're betting, if you're blasting into draft markets, um, because if you bet a 20 to one shot um, that firms into minus 110 and then uh, just wins, then that's probably going to flag something that you knew something. Um, so I'd say that like if you are betting the draft, the two ways that you're going to win on the draft is one, if you're just sniping stale markets, which whatever, it's not the most wholesome betting existence, but it is a way to make money. And if you pick off bad prices, um, you may win that way. And then the other way is really like, you just need to expand your network because that is where so many edges come on the draft is just by making the right contacts and just having people in your network who do get, you know, uh, inklings as to how things are going to go. So that those are really, those are really the two ways um, to win on the draft. Yeah. And by the way, it doesn't have to be inside information. It can just be a network oh. of people who are like very good at combing the internet for in, for information and are, cause like, you're not going to listen to every podcast. You're not going to read every every snippet. You 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 literally need help from uh, everybody else in your network to to get that stuff done. And that's where a lot of the best uh, uh, nuggets ultimately come from is people stuff that was just publicly available, <laughs> and uh, and just somebody you happen to know read it and told you about it. Yep, absolutely. All right, spring training is here. So for those looking to get ahead on the upcoming MLB season, grab your Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. It's loaded with comprehensive positional rankings, projections, and player profiles to ensure your draft is a success. Visit NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use code BASEBALL24 to get 10% off at checkout. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right. Uh, top three pick markets. Caleb Williams is minus 1,600 to go one. Drake May, 11 to one to go two. Uh, Drake May is then uh, only minus 135 to go second. So that's not necessarily a binary thing. Uh, where May will definitely go second if he doesn't go one. Jaden Daniels is plus 145 to go second. And then he is the favorite to go third ahead of Drake May. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. is kind of the smoky uh, in the third overall pick market. He's plus 270 behind the two QBs. Uh, do you have any read on how these markets are going to shake out? Um, well, I you know we kind of referenced it earlier, but Paul's uh, doing media today. 
had a quote something along the lines of uh if we if we trade Justin Fields, we want to make sure he has you know it's, he, he is a good fit. Like they obviously care about him as a, a young man and want him to, you know, still be able to kind of pursue a career, albeit not with the Bears, from what it sounded like, uh, which I think is kind of influencing the market to sort of nudge. 90% up to 95 uh, that uh, the Bears are going to ultimately end up just sticking with the number one pick and taking Caleb Williams. I think some of the other information that's out there that the Bears are exploring trades for the one and stuff like that, well, of course they should be. They should be listening to everybody's offer. They got away with one of the most, uh, you know, impressive heists of the year last year in procuring a, you know, a top tier wide receiver and this year's number one for their number one pick last year from the Panthers. And ultimately like that was a little bit of a dice roll. No one knew the Panthers were going to be quite that, that bad. Um, But uh, you know, certainly um, expecting that the bears have now fortified their talent enough particularly on the defensive side of the ball uh, and have, you know, started uh, have enough draft capital in this draft that this is probably the last bite they have at the apple of taking, you know, a rookie quarterback and, and developing him on a rookie deal, which I think makes the kind of calculus on this very straightforward. Um, if the bears are in any way, uh, you know, kind of doing the numbers themselves, they realize this and they're like, okay, this is it. We had, this is our last chance to do this. This is, you know, generational prospect. Let's, uh, let's roll the dice here. Let's go. Um, and I think, uh, that being sort of the realistic expectation is perfectly fine right now. And until we hear specific otherwise, like, you know, there's rumblings that, Caleb Williams may pull a Eli Manning type of thing and try to specifically pick his destination as far as a city and a team goes. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know that his camp and his team have quite that much power in the current state of the NFL. And uh, I think ultimately the Bears are probably just going to do what they want to do regardless. But, um, you know, the the second and third picks get very interesting because, number one, it's kind of funny to me that, uh, you know, the um, commanders have the second overall pick and in large part because of the quality of play they got from their UNC quarterback and now their favorite to take another UNC quarterback who's, you know, two years younger uh, and uh, ultimately, uh, you know, maybe the same exact development project, but whatever the case is, there are smart people that think Drake may is very good. Uh, There are smart people that think Drake may may be a better prospect than Caleb Williams. And we are living in the shadow of the second quarterback taken being the clear best quarterback in that draft and no one really really uh, outside of our own Chris Sims was all that loud saying it during the draft process last year so uh, who knows exactly how good Drake May will be um, but I think it's fine to expect ultimately that the commanders are going to land there in terms of uh, taking him as a prospect just because there's a little bit more certainty with him presumably as far as pocket passing than uh, Jaden Daniels but uh, you know it's it's tough to uh, say that with you know a strong conviction considering I don't really do a ton of evaluation of players at the college level um, so yeah Drake May being your current favorite for number two is, is fine but I think that's probably a very soft market like that's this, that's one of the ones where it could be like a Bryce Young CJ Stroud type of situation from last year where that flips back and forth a couple times just based on comments from an offensive assistant at a pro day right like that would not shock me at all if there's some jockeying between those two quarterbacks there, but uh, I would say it's relatively high conviction that the that the commanders are going to take a quarterback with two. Um, it's just a matter of who they pref between those two guys. And, you know, could a guy like J.J. McCarthy sneak into the discussion? There's certainly a lot of people buzzing about how, you know, teams are a lot higher on him than, you know, the draft, you know, people would have expected. Uh, he's 20 to one. Um, 
uh, don't mind taking a shot on that, to be honest. Yeah, I think when I get out to Indy, um, which was my flight just delayed again while you were talking, uh, may oh. not be uh, forever. But um, <laughs> the two guys I'm most interested in asking people about are what is Drake May's realistic floor? Like, is he actually going to fall past two? And then how real is the JJ McCarthy stuff? Uh, who I think that, you know, most NFL fans and watchers think it's kind of laughable that JJ is being talked about as a potential top two pick. But you know, it seemed laughable at the time that Trayvon Walker was going to go one. Yeah. And it's kind of turned out laughable um, <laughs> a couple of years into his career that he ended up going one over uh, Aiden Hutchinson and others. But um, it doesn't really, in terms of betting these markets, it doesn't really matter. It's just what a team's actually going to do. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, who is uh, one of the best wide receiver prospects of all time. Um, he is, I think initially people thought that he was going to be the third guy, but with the comments coming out of the Patriots and seemingly their lean towards the quarterback, he is now favoured. Uh, he's minus 190 to be drafted by the Cardinals. The Patriots are the second favourite, the Bears third. Um, do you have any lean on where Harrison goes? Do you think he just ends up he ends up chalky and he goes to Arizona with Kyler Murray? Yeah, I, so this comes down to... Um the kind of understanding the rest of the fabric of the quarterback market, because I do think the Cardinals are absolutely uh, in a willing position to trade that, that pick. Um, I mean, for all I know, their scouts have already fallen in love with Harrison and this is a done deal. I, I don't know that, uh, but I do know that uh, the Cardinals are, and they were last year and they will likely be this year intrigued to try to give up that fourth pick for a team that is going to draft a rookie quarterback. And if you kind of think a little bit, don't even look at last year's example, but just think a little bit about it. Like trading your first or your early pick for a team that's drafting a rookie, you are very likely to get an early pick the next year for that because it is just very rare for rookie quarterbacks who are starting you know, their rookie seasons to have crazy success like C.J. Stroud did. Now, they got burned by that last year, specifically trading the three, but you have a front office there that I think you can say is going to aggressively explore trades. Um, adding a little bit of fuel to that, like they are very needy in the wide receiver position, obviously. Like that is a very clear uh, you know, place that they are going to be evaluating. Um, I have heard that there is some relatively soft conviction across scouts that Marvin Harrison Jr. is that big of a delta over Malik neighbors or over, you know, wide receiver uh, in the second tier of your choice. Like I think that there are people that would say that the gap is a little bit smaller. Uh, There are people that have questions about Marvin Harrison Jr.'s speed uh, and he's not going to run. So it's it's, it's a chance that there's a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a, uh, a drop in his premium. Right. Um, Trading ahead of the five makes sense as well, because, again, we're expecting that the Chargers at five are going to be open for business to trade also. Uh, And so that entire cluster of teams that could fall in love with a guy like J.J. McCarthy, um, that includes the Falcons, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Raiders, maybe a surprise team as well. We're talking like five teams that could want that fourth pick to get their shot at uh, QB four in this draft. Uh, and so for the, you know, if that happens, then Marvin Harrison Jr. becomes uh, a little bit of a free fall. We're not exactly sure where he's going to land. Uh, he could land at the, with the L.A. Chargers, which is kind of an absurd price. The L.A. Chargers, we know, are cutting ties with Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen is quite old. Quentin Johnson might have been a bust that the previous regime drafted. Um, 
And so if, if I'm getting weird, <laughs> this player would be drafted. Uh, but, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., I, I'm kind of not crazy uh, thinking that the Chargers are more of a factor than the market expects in their 18-1 right now. Yep. And uh, Lance Erline on, uh, from NFL Network said that he believes there will be teams who do rank Malik Neighbors ahead of Harrison on their board. So potentially some scope um, for it to get weird. We'll say if the Cardinals do draft Marvin Harrison uh, and he is as good as advertised, they kind of become an interesting team um, in some oh, futures sure. markets because that offense is really good when Kyler Murray came back uh, and the defense isn't, isn't great, but there's more scope for defenses to get good um, in the offseason or season to season than there is for offenses to magically do that. So... Um, if you're looking at like long shot coach of the year candidates, like Jonathan Gannon, I think is 25 to one and that team won, uh, four games last year and they have a really good quarterback who people forget like two, two years ago, two and a half years ago, Kyler Murray was like MVP favorite at mid season, that type of range when the Cardinals were the one seed before the wheels fell off. And I don't think he's really that caliber of player, but, um, he certainly has, uh, a higher level than this, that he's reached than most quarterbacks have. And wouldn't be shocking to me if that team um, did have a bit of upside and was able to, you know, make a six, six, seven win improvement out of the question. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's hard lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Before we close out, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, their next team markets. This is uh, DraftKings pricing. Previous draft markets we're talking about was FanDuel pricing. Saquon is plus 100 to go back to the Giants. Josh Jacobs minus 320 to go back to the Raiders. Um, I interviewed Saquon in Vegas. He didn't tell me uh, where he's going to go, but um, it was largely, you know, typical friendly free agent type of speak. But do sense there is maybe an expiration date has been reached mm. with the Giants, and that is why you know he is even money to go back to New York. Uh, and Jacobs is conversely, you know, the market saying he's north of a seventy-five percent chance to go back to the Raiders, albeit with a fair bit of book percentage in that market. Um, do you have any read on either of these two? Uh, I thought the comments that um, uh, GM for the Giants, Joe Schoen, 
Hopefully I pronounced that right. Shine, Sean. We are. Sean. I could be wrong. Sean, Sean. Uh, he was um, on with um, uh, the PFT yeah, Pro Football Talk guys. And um, his commentary was kind of interesting because he was basically like, we were, you know, we were pleasantly surprised by the um, uh, higher than expected uh, cap number. Uh, so that gives them a little bit more financial flexibility. Uh, Giants are a team that we didn't even mention in the potential mix for QB in round one, but they're there. Uh, and so I think ultimately uh, kind of retaining a player of the caliber of you know Saquon Barkley, who is going to be tough to replace with available uh, free agents, and you don't want to be spending draft capital, I don't think, if you're the Giants on running back at this point. So uh, you know it would make sense if he ultimately lands back with the Giants. Now, he's, he's a great fit for a lot of teams so and he may be looking more at uh you know kind of jump starting a chance for a ring as opposed to whatever the rebuild is going to ultimately be in new york uh and so it may just he may just ultimately uh elect to to find try to find greener pastures in that regard as opposed to just trying to get as much money as the giants are willing to um to give him to stay and kind of help you know bridge this gap to the next uh next vision of the offense but um yeah, I think he's he's a very interesting player. He's a very unique talent, and uh, uh, the marketplace for running backs has been you know has been reduced to the point where uh, keeping him at whatever price you're going to get him at is probably going to f- seem pretty good in hindsight. And uh, there are very few you know kind of long term running back contracts you could point to and be like, boy, that ended up being a great deal for that team, <laughs> right? Uh, and so maybe ultimately it's just wise for the Giants to uh, to try to move on. But uh, I could see very well that he stays in New York as you want some, you know, kind of, you know, there, there's a very clear uh, player loyalty uh, in the you know New York Giants franchise generally. Uh, and I think that might ultimately help uh, kind of nudge them in the direction of keeping Barkley. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think that from the Giants fans that I've spoken to, and this isn't a read on the market or anything, it's just they are pretty ready to move on from Saquon and just the idea of him having, you know, a large contract at that position given the state um, of this team. By the way, we have competing information, uh, some say shown, <laughs> and, uh, but the Giants' official website says that it is pronounced Shane, Joe Shane. So we'll go uh, with Joe Shane. Sorry for butchering your name. Three different ways, Joe, but uh, Elena Rabakina got over it, so I'm sure you will uh, as well. <laughs> um, Josh Jacobs, it just it seems like he's likely going to go back to the Raiders. They're minus 320. doesn't seem like the franchise tag is going to be used on any of these guys, which I suppose makes sense just given how uh, relatively loaded the free agent field is uh, for yeah. running backs between Barkley, Jacobs, Derek Henry, Tony Pollard. Yeah, yeah, um, it feels like... The Jacobs is going to go back, but what do you think? Yeah, this one, I'm not exactly sure why the market is so sure that that's going to happen. Um, he, uh, I mean, his tape didn't impress at all last year. And, you know, you really look at the body of work and it was kind of maybe a one-off. Uh, at least you could make that, draw that conclusion to a degree. Uh, and so I don't know that the market is going to be especially hot. And maybe that's why it's so likely that he just comes back and, you know, plays on a team-friendly deal. But um yeah, that one uh, surprised me a little bit. I would have made, I would have expected both of these markers to be at or around a pick them, and, and Raiders at minus three twenty seems uh, seems like there may be a bet against there. I just am not exactly sure who. Like uh, none of the uh, teams that are kind of near the top really stood out to me as all that likely to go get him. Um, you know, we knew we, we, there are 
they're kind of teams that are in the mix for quote, you know, needing a running back, so to speak, but uh, haven't really seen or don't really see the link uh, between uh, um, you know the off the offensive uh, minds in with the LA Chargers, with the Texans, with the Ravens uh, that really kind of matches the skill set that Jacobs has, and uh, and so you know I I would guess that. Uh, there may be a surprise suitor that we just don't see coming and we shouldn't be shocked. Um, but for me, at least uh, uh, 320 seems a bit absurd. Uh, yep. Well, it probably just is absurd because these markets are not <laughs> particularly uh, liquid or yeah, reflecting any sort of truth. So yeah, I don't think there is uh, an obvious bet in this market. It seems like, um, everyone else is relatively evenly placed, but I agree. I'd certainly be trying to back the other side of minus 320 to go back to the Raiders, but it doesn't seem like that is necessarily on offer. All right, LaGuardia has ramped it up with the frequency of announcements, so while we're in a quiet spot, oh, we'll get yeah. out of here. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those of you watching this on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. I'm Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you soon. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.